Paso a Paso Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Paso Paso Podcast. My name is Miles. Happy to be back here as always with you. On this episode, we have another wonderful guest and someone we have yet to hear from uh, who will lend their own perspective on uh, the topics we usually discuss and beyond. Uh, Benjamin, thanks so much for being here. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, uh, thank you for having me. My name is Benjamin Lannan and I'm a transformational life and performance coach. Um, I do a lot of work around trauma. And one of the things that comes up a lot in, in the work I do is how early childhood trauma plays such an enormous role in our lives as, as we go on. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you so much for bringing that up and being here. Um, I guess before we get into perhaps the early childhood part, can you share a little bit of background on yourself or your practice? Um, and just for our listeners out there who might uh, use it as an opportunity to get to know you a little better. I came to this work um, about seven years ago, coming off of a, a pretty hard bottom in my own life. Not, um, as is often used with that language, not a drug or alcohol bottom, but just a point in my life where I said to myself, some things have to change and they have to change right now. Um, I found a teacher soon thereafter and started working on the, the techniques that I now teach. And they made an enormous difference in my life. And within a few years, I'd kind of become his protege. And then a little after that, he gave me the imprimatur to teach. And uh, that's when I started coaching and teaching this work. Wow. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, it feels powerful, even without knowing the details, you know, and it's wonderful that you've moved through all of those things and, and where you are now. Um, you know, again, just because so much of these conversations are specifically focused to services and this and that and the other, um, if it's okay to just touch a little bit on, on your work um, based on that, it sounds like you have gone through your own transitions and now you help others uh, with whatever they're looking to do. Is it kind of the relationship that builds, uh, you know, you meet the person and they share a bit and then you share a bit and then it develops or, you know, how I guess I'm, I'm preempting, you know, how does it, the conversation and your work with someone get to the point where the trauma actually even comes up? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I very much believe that my imprimatur to teach what, what allows me to teach is that I'm a student of the work. So I am constantly meeting people in the space of, yes, I I understand what you're going through. I've been there myself. I can relate in this way, in that way. Here's what I have done to deal with similar situations. This is what's worked. This is what hasn't. Um, so that I, I feel like I can guide someone. I often say that I'm. it's not that I'm a master of the work I do or anything like that. I'm just further along the path than someone who's just starting out. Someone who's just starting out on the on the question of, you know, wanting to make big change in their lives. And that's, that's really what I, I teach is how to make big sustainable change in our lives. Because so much of the time we tell ourselves, Oh, I'm going to make this change. And we either don't because the ego gets in the way, or we just don't really know how to do it. And we, we try all this stuff and we fail and we fail. And that teaches us wrongly, but teaches us that we don't have the capacity to make that big change. Yeah, I like listening to you speak, so I was just ready for more. <laughs> but I guess moving forward, um, so, you know, when I think about the fact that you bring up that a lot of people share or come to the conclusion or connection with their own early childhood trauma, 
uh, on occasion. Where my mind starts is that, you know, we are all at this moment the age that we individually are. And of course, we are here because of what preceded that. And it just so happens that what preceded that, you know, furthest along in our lifetime, depending on how you look at it, you know, in this life, would be when we are children. And is that kind of the relationship that you see in people wanting to uh, make a change in their life? Maybe they're already an adult. Is it, do you think early childhood comes up because it kind of sets the stage for the rest, or it's just simply a part of their past? Well, I guess I should say a little bit more about, um, about the work I do to lead into the answer to that. So I work in a very embodied way. I try to get deep into what's actually happening in the body to teach people how to feel what's going on. And then because they now feel, and I, I should add that most people are numb most of the time. Most of us have taught ourselves not to feel what's actually going on. Um, as they come to feel, then they can work to change that feeling. They can use cues in the body to change that feeling. And what I've discovered, and I first discovered this in myself as I was doing the work on myself to make change in my own life, and then I see it come up and up again and again with my clients, is they'll find a feeling, something that's blocking them, and as they examine that feeling and they look into the history of that feeling, they'll realize, oh, I, I remember navigating this feeling when I was seven years old. And, you know, mm. not surprisingly, navigating it unskillfully. I, I recognize that the pattern developed years and years and years and years ago. And from that perspective, um, well, first of all, it taught me, you know, just how deep some of this stuff goes. And then gives us some insight into how we can make that change. You know, obviously the work that you do with uh, the people you work with, I don't know if you consider them clients or, or how you phrase it, but um, it's very personal and it's important and, and secretive for that reason, you know, that it's something they trust you with. Is there any way in which you can refer to the idea of um, a, a scenario where someone is trying to go through a change uh, where they are now in their lives um, and you, as you just alluded to, it's something you said that it's something that they would have also maybe felt years ago. Um, here's an example. I'm, I, I'm, this is my own example. <laughs> Not that it's something, anything like what you would share, but something I realized about myself is that in doing a lot of this sort of work surrounding early childhood and examining it and having conversations with people around it and uh, other work I do with teenagers and substances and all this kind of stuff, it's very, um, if you do it, Authentically, I think it's pretty confronting of whoever you are and, and however, you know, in this case, I am. Um, and then I end up examining my own, you know, perspectives on this. So the point being that I, I realized and remembered really recently that when I was in preschool, I have this feeling of not knowing, on, not knowing what's going on around me and not feeling connected to any of the staff or any of the kids and just kind of wandering, you know. And in a lot of ways, I think that wandering has replicated itself over time. Not that it wouldn't have had I not had that experience, but I see a connection there. You know, when I was in high school, I didn't have any friends, and I would wander around my closest city alone, you know, as for entertainment. Um, but that's my own personal recollection of something, an example that I feel like has stuck with me that I've only just now recalled. But I don't know if there's any other um, perspectives on this sort of thing that you'd like to share for folks who are still trying to learn a bit more about that process. About the process of, of changing a pattern that, that they've sure. discovered in themselves from a long time ago or that Perhaps. they've seen repeat? 
Yeah, or just the fact that, you know, I'm thinking at this point now, you, as you mentioned, a lot of people have learned to become numb. Mm-hmm. You know, so some people might not even be unnumb or unnumbed um, to the point that they are, allow themselves to connect dots or, you know, I'm just not sure if there's anything you can lend for the listening audience regarding that process. Sure. Well, I mean, first of all, you've got to be ready to do it. So something has to say to you, I'm willing to take that close examination of myself. And a lot of people just aren't. Um, it's threatening. And when you start to get into the process of change, it really threatens the ego. It threatens your old patterns. And your old patterns exist for a reason. They exist because they have have worked for you. So like in your own case, it, it sounds to me like you have um, kind of an ambivalent relationship with this, this sense of wandering. But surely as you were growing up, it offered you something useful, some sense of comfort or some, some sense of purpose or some sense of connection to the world around you, even if it wasn't with the people around you. And yeah. we, have to be, um, we have to be generous with our past selves. We have to have a lot of capacity to say thank you to our past selves, especially when we're talking about, you know, memories from like you were saying preschool or something like that, where, you know, we didn't have tools back then and where your sort of nascent growing self, um, found a solution to a problem without, like I said, without adult tools. And so you have to be willing. So adult, you adult, one of my clients, adult myself, has to be willing to say thank you to the, to the past versions of myself that made those choices for the reasons they did. We've got to be willing to look at how they serve us. And, you know, for some of us in like, who find ourselves in really toxic patterns, you know, someone, drug alcohol, a drug addict, alcoholic, for example, you know, it's often a, a, a case of like, they're dealing with some substantial pain and the drug or alcohol just takes the pain away. And that's not a skillful answer. We all know that. But in the face of like, it's either this or, you know, kill myself. That's a choice that, you know, some people make. And they often make it starting in their teenage years or whatever, right? So you've got to be willing, first of all, to kind of thank yourself for doing the best it could. And then make a commitment to changing it. And then it's a process of really looking at how those patterns manifest in the body. And that means feeling things that we usually don't feel. And there's techniques for doing that involving the breath and motion. And uh, that's what I teach. And then once we have that awareness, now we can work to establish new patterns. Does that start to answer your question? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it's very helpful to learn. Um, and, you know, as I mentioned before we began, these things fly by. So I definitely want to uh, include in our next couple of minutes how people can learn more about your work and perhaps connect with you if they have interest. And I guess wrapping up with respect to early childhood, what I'm gathering from this and what is hopefully helpful to the audience is um, not only everything you shared, which is wonderful, and the way in which our previous experiences as it to use your words, unless I'm incorrect, have served us in some way. And hopefully in our community and the way that those of us who are out there in the world are parents um, or helping our community raise their, their young children, perhaps the more in touch we are with our own experience currently and previously, 
the better or more thorough, thoughtful job we can do in helping the next generation. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it starts with compassion towards yourself, as I see it. It starts with the ability to say to yourself, in the face of what we you know, often later look at as mistakes or bad choices we make, to, to find that self-love, to find the capacity to say, I, I see why you made that choice. And in most cases, even our worst choices, the ones that we look back at and say, wow, that was, that was a terrible choice. Most of us, most of the time, we're doing our best. Mm-hmm. We may have come from a place where, where we weren't making good choices, where we didn't have the capacity to, but very rarely are we actively trying to screw up our lives or trying to hurt ourselves. It's just not how it usually goes. So, you know, if we're talking about someone who's, who's raising a child, um, starting with the compassion for yourself of, you know, I'm doing my best, and then meeting your child with that basis of compassion to, to try to see how this little feeling creature um, is responding to the world around it and, and around him or her, let's not say it. Um, and, and then, you know, again, sort of offer that generosity to hold, hold space for that little being to, to live and to thrive. And, you know, as adults, as parents, we just do our best and as necessary, forgive ourselves. And I think one of the things that that teaches a little one is, is the act of self-love and self-forgiveness. Beautiful. Thank you so much for um, not only joining us and sharing this today, but the work you're doing with yourself and others. And it was a beautiful discussion, I must say. (laughs) Thanks to you. Um, Yeah, absolutely. And how can people learn more about you and your work or stay in touch if they wanted to reach out? Um, They could start at my website, which is benflows.com, B-E-N-F-L-O-W-S.com. Or they could, um, they could email me directly, benjamin at benflows.com. Great. And I'll have um, that website in the podcast notes as well for those of you who subscribe and, and listen to it that way. Well, thank you so much um, once again for being here and sharing your wisdom and learnings with us and uh, contributing to this ongoing discussion we're having here on the Paso Apostle podcast. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Paso Apostle <laughs> Podcast. <laughs>